Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. I'd like to start uh, preaching to you now. If you have a Bible, come on. Yeah, Kyle, I told you you were in the sermon. Come on. So uh, here, you don't have to play guitar. Just come here, come here. Uh, if you have a Bible, I would love it if you turn to the book of Matthew and chapter 2. And uh, we've been kind of moving through this uh, little story of the Christmas story. Uh, the message today is called Finding Home in the Peace of God. If you have a Bible, I'll help you turn to Matthew 2. Uh, I can't wait to teach it to you. Um, I've been kind of fascinated this year. I don't know if you have been. Has anybody uh, played around with these new like uh, AI tools that you can use to create pictures? Anybody played around with any of those? A few, just a few people. Okay, a few people, yeah. I, uh, I really enjoy, I've used them as sermon before, I got some today. But where that all started was I met, this, I met Kyle, and uh, the first time he came to the church, I don't know what it was, but it just, it just came to me in my mind. He was wearing like one of those hats, uh, those like wide brim hats, and I just said right out loud, Kyle looks like, if you said to the AI, show me what the guy playing guitar at church is supposed to look like. Yeah, you, oh, he had like an even more dangly earring on that day. It was really like intense. I'll wear it tomorrow. You'll wear it tomorrow. Okay, well, that will be super helpful to all these people. So thank you. That'll, they'll be excited to see it tomorrow. Uh, Check the live stream. Yeah, there, here. All right, all right. So, all right, Kyle, you, this is your part. I'm, I got the microphone here. Now, because there was something to me, <laughs> there was something to me about uh, like his shirt and his pants and he was wearing like one of those wide brim hats and his dangly earring he just what I'm saying is nothing about his appearance said like accountant nothing about his appearance said school PE teacher it was clear to me by the way he looked that he had like a certain something and you're good now thank you we all do this thing don't we that you you see people and you kind of like your mind just starts filling with all these perceptions right you uh my friend Daniel, who's here in the front row, has got this big, giant white beard, and you think to yourself, he kind of seems like an interesting character with a beard like that. You, you see people, and you form these perceptions. You see people, and you form these ideas. You see people, and you're kind of like, you see families, and you think, oh, yeah, I know what's going on with them. And what we're going to see in the, the story today, um, I'm going to read it to you in just a second, is that Jesus the very son of God, was born a baby, beautifully crying just like that. But people had a lot of perceptions in the first little bit of his life because things weren't exactly going the way that his parents probably imagined. If you know anything about the Christmas story, uh, they had to make a journey at the very end, and so Mary wasn't giving birth where she wanted to be. She was in a different place. And they were in a stable because there was no, if you know the story, right, there was no room in the inn. And uh, 
We're going to see this next part of the story. They have to take off and go to a different country to get away from some persecution. The very beginning of Jesus' life didn't look like what Mary and Joseph probably wanted it to look like. Maybe Christmas this year for you doesn't look like what you're wanting or hoping it looks like. I don't know, like, maybe for you, I know we got a lot of kids in the room, maybe you're like really thinking, if Santa brings me that one thing tomorrow that I've been writing on my list and I said to him at the mall and I've been thinking about and thinking about and thinking about, anybody in the room got something they're really hoping to get? Yeah, I know in the front row, a couple of them. Anybody, you can be honest, just give me a show of hands. Who's got something they're really hoping to open up on the street? Yeah, okay. You right there, my friend, in the red glasses. I'm rooting for you right now. It's coming your way, I hope. For some of us, uh, there's people that we wish were going to be there that aren't going to be there because they're, they're not with us anymore or couldn't work it out to be together this year or the schedule's different or there's been some breakage in the family. And What's so kind of challenging and beautiful but also can be difficult about the holidays is they don't often totally match up to what we hope in our minds they're gonna be like, right? We have this like idea of what we're hoping and then like, you know, you spill something on your shirt right before you leave the house and now you gotta wear something different or that, I mean, that's, you know that, if you know me, that's my testimony. Uh, <laughs> so all that to say this, this is what we see in the uh, story. Starting in verse 12. It says that uh, they were warned, that's the wise men, in a dream not to return to Herod so they departed to their own country by another way. Now, when they had departed, be, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Pause there for a second. So remember, if you remember where we were last week, Jesus is about a year old, and uh, when Jesus is about a year old, the wise men show up. And I'm looking for some help here, if any kids in the room know. Uh, the wise men show up, and what do the wise men bring with them to give to Jesus? Anybody, anybody, can anybody help me? Yeah, right there in the front row, come on. What did they bring? The star led the wise men there, and they had three gifts. They had the gold, they had the, they had the frankincense. Fifi, way to go, six-year-old beautiful daughter in the front row. They had the myrrh. So right after that, it says that they were warned, don't go back to Herod, because if you go back to Herod, he's going to come kill the baby Jesus. And then it says there in verse 13 that the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, hey, I know that you already went from, from where you're from to Bethlehem. You've been there a year. Things are probably starting to just kind of get situated. But here's the thing. I need you to rise and take the child and go to Egypt, and you need to stay there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. I just imagine right there Joseph waking up from that dream and being like, so wait, are we serious here? So I was already supposed to figure out how to take on there's a baby, but I'm not the dad of the baby, but I am the dad of the baby, but I'm not the dad of the baby, and I got to like wrap my whole head around that. That's what Joseph was probably thinking. I already got my head around that one. And then... We were traveling during my wife's birth, 
So she had to give birth in the stable. I don't know what your relationship is like, but something tells me Joseph hadn't heard the end of that one yet. <laughs> and there's a new baby, and all that comes with a new baby, and it's just Mary and Joseph trying to figure it out. And now, what are we being asked to do? We're being asked to go to another country or else they're going to come and kill us? There's this, I think, right there, you can just imagine right there, like a serious lack of peace, right? That's, this isn't what Joseph had in his mind of what life was going to be like. I told you uh, I was playing, I like playing with these tools. I asked the thing, uh, Dally E asked the, the AI to make me a picture of what a really peaceful home at Christmas looks like in Palatine, Illinois. Reed, I think you got a picture for me. This is what it looks like. It's pretty good, right? My brain made that. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> And you're thinking like, yeah, that's what I'm hoping Christmas is like. It's, it's calm and it's happy. But Joseph and Mary had a series of things that happened where they had to accept somehow it wasn't the way that they wanted it to be. It produced something that we see a lot of in our world today, right? We live in a time and a generation where there's a lot of there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of nervousness. There's a lot of worry. Adults, a lot of adults are dealing with it. A lot of kids are dealing with it. It's this, man, what's coming after this thing? What's coming after this thing? What's coming after this thing? And we can read it in the Bible. Uh, in the New Testament, Paul says it like this. He says, don't be, don't be anxious about anything, but, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then here's a promise here that the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's cool. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if like, all you had to do was read the verse and then everything was easy? I was talking to my friend Scott before the service. He's a fitness trainer. And unfortunately, uh, him just telling you the exercises that you need to do doesn't get you anywhere. And you're just reading it doesn't get you anywhere. You have to what? You have to put it into practice. You have to do it. But this is this. And so I guess what I'm saying is I'm aware as we're at Christmas that just like Mary and Joseph were feeling when they had to go to Egypt, there's probably a lot of people here that are figuring out wanting this sense of peace. Uh, the, the word there that's translated the peace of God, this is a Greek word. This is what it looks like in Greek. It means safe and calm. It means the opposite of war. That's what a lot of people are hoping for at Christmas. And so what did Joseph do? Joseph, verse 14, rose and took the child and his mother by night. Let I me mean, just pause there. This wasn't like a, a road trip. Anybody got a road trip coming between now and tomorrow or Friday? Anyone got anywhere, anybody in the room driving somewhere for Christmas? Okay, cool. Those people already left town. Awesome. So, like literally none, zero. No one has any idea what I'm talking about. Awesome. I, when I was a kid, uh, we used to drive a lot of times. My parents lived in Canada. My grandparents and stuff lived in Canada. And so we would 
take like a six, seven hour drive often on Christmas Eve or the day before. And I remember that feeling of you're driving and it's late at night. But this isn't that. This is like it's at night and there's a, a mom holding a two-year-old baby riding a mule off into the darkness. I mean, I gotta, that sounds awful to me. Anybody, like it just sounds absolutely terrible. And they departed to Egypt and they remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt I called my son. I said all that to say that I believe that you can find the peace of God, but often the path to God's peace includes a journey away from home. So oftentimes, the the path to God's peace includes going somewhere you didn't really want to go at a time you didn't really want to go there for reasons that didn't really feel fair to begin with, but yet this is the path For some people, this is literally, some people this Christmas, you're on a journey away from home because you're away at college and you're back. It's like my favorite, the happiest people in the world are the college students that you meet during Christmas break when that last final or paper is turned in and they got no problems to deal with anymore. You never get that feeling back as an adult. I'll just tell you that right now. There's always some bill coming or some other. Some people are literally headed away from uh, home to a new job, or maybe they're here in this room and you're trying, maybe, maybe it's a new church. For some of us, it's figuratively, right, that I'm, I'm on a different path than I imagined. I thought I would be further, or I thought I would be married, or I thought I would be a parent, or I thought I would be happier, or I thought I would be something, but I'm not where I wanted to be by now. I'm aware that there's people that are feeling that literally, like, that are pushing away from dysfunction or leaving abuse this Christmas, and you're on a journey away from home. Where Mary and Joseph went uh, in Alexandria, Egypt, there were some Jewish people there. But just imagine all the things that came with going there. Where am I going to, how am I going to work? Where am I going to live? How am I going to worship? How am I going to... Go to church. How am I going to meet new people? What am I going to? All of this stuff. They had enough faith to obey. But what about everything else that happened? So, uh, verse 16 says, Then Herod, then Herod, when he uh, saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. So remember the wise men, they didn't go the way that they were supposed to go. And so he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and, and in all that region who were two years old and under, uh, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. There was a voice heard in Ramah, uh, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. So Herod, angry king, when he realizes that he isn't able to figure out which baby born in Bethlehem was the, the baby that was going to cause problems for Herod. He's like, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll just kill all of the babies. As best as we can figure, at that time, there was probably a thousand people or so living in Bethlehem, which probably means 20 or so families lost an under two-year-old boy because 
of the anger of one person. People can cause a lot of problems with their anger, can't they? One person, just one person moving slowly made every single person in this room stop listening to my sermon like 90 seconds ago as they were walking out to the bathroom. One person. So all of a sudden, no one's just, I need to watch. This person walked to the bathroom. It's just an old guy who had to go to the bathroom, guys. He didn't do anything wrong. In Jesus' name, amen. One person can cause a lot of havoc, can't they? Sometimes the path to God's peace requires surviving the destruction of home. Sometimes the path to God's peace, uh, this, is, this thing was well attested in early history. A Jewish uh, historian, Josephus, talked about this exact thing that Herod ordered these babies to be killed. Like I said, there were probably about 20 if Bethlehem had a population of 1,000. All of these things are happening. You see Matthew saying over and over that these are because God to fulfill prophecies. But all that can feel kind of out here. But I'm talking to a bunch of people right now who Christmas can be a way of reminding the destruction of home. For some people, Christmas is running off to a bunch of different people in different directions because some time, maybe it's a long time ago, maybe it was recently a marriage broke. Maybe it was your parents, maybe it was yours. And it, Now, the holidays aren't this like utopia like you see in a movie. They're all of these compensations and accommodations to the fact that home broke at some point in time. And Christmas is fun. Yeah, it's cool. And I'm glad that we're off school and it's good that we're this, but it's also a stark reminder of a bunch of stuff that broke. And the peace of God doesn't arrive far away for all the people for whom home wasn't destroyed. The very son of God, Jesus Christ, was in a family that had its place to live destroyed. It didn't come away from it, it came through it. Like I said, there's all these prophecies being fulfilled. Matthew really wants his readers to know that everything that happened in this story happened because God said it would happen. There's at least three in this chapter from Hosea chapter 11, Jeremiah chapter 31, and Jeremiah chapter 33. These are all God saying, I said I would do it, and now I'm doing it. Why is that important? Because when we look to the past and see that God fulfilled his promises... It allows us to stand right where we're standing right now and say, if he was a good promise-keeping God back then, I can trust that he's going to be a good promise-keeping God now. I, if I can look back there, then I can stand right here. So uh, I was, I had that picture that I showed you, but then I said to uh, the AI, you know what I said? I said, okay, but make the home in Palatine, Illinois. Make it even more Christmassy and make it even more peaceful. Check it out, this is what it looked like. It's good, right? It's getting even more. Now let's see if we can behave ourselves a little better this time, crowd. It's getting, it was even more, pretty good, right? 
Looks like I'd like to live there. It looks pretty good. See, I guess what I'm saying is that sometimes uh, we have this thought, sometimes we have this thought that it's only been a good year if we've made a lot of progress. I don't know about you, do you I spend a little bit of time at the end of the year kind of like thinking about where we were in January and thinking about where I'm trying to go in the next year. Anybody kind of spend a little bit of that time, I, I think, and I'm like, man, well, I thought I'd have a few more bucks in my bank account, but all right, well, hey, I guess we'll, hopefully we'll do better next year, you know, kind of Michael Scott style. But the scripture gives a little different picture, which I think is pretty cool. We think that God is only pleased if we make progress. But I found this verse a long time ago I love. It's in 1 Thessalonians 3, and it says, For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. Sometimes the opportunities to be discouraged, the things to be frustrated about, are so many that there's no way I can make progress. All I can do is just not quit. I was uh, talking to my friend Nevin, who is a young man in our church. He's sitting right over here. Uh, Nevin might be the biggest Bears fan that I know. He's like right, or my son Carter, he, the, the two of them are like, and every week I talk to Nevin on Sunday morning at church, and I ask him if the Bears are going to win, and every week he says yes. Every single Sunday he says, the Bears are going to win. And then I see him the next Sunday, and I say, buddy, it didn't happen last week. They didn't win. But are we going to win this week? And every week without fail he says, yes, pastor, the Bears are going to win this week. He's pretty much always wrong. But... <laughs> But he's a good fan. And a good fan doesn't just say, fine, I'll root for Alabama. They always win. A good fan sticks with their team in the good days and the bad days. And I just wonder what could be for you this Christmas in this truth. Maybe 2023 wasn't a year where all the things that you wanted to happen happened. Maybe none of them did. But you didn't quit. You're still here. Maybe the marriage is no better, but you're still trying at it. Maybe the marriage failed, but you know you did everything you could do. Maybe the, the company didn't make it, but you worked your hardest. Maybe you've fallen back into some old habits, but you're here. But you're here. You're, you're still leaning forward, trying. So I, I went back, uh, well... Uh, it says in the text, so Herod eventually died, which we're uncomfortable with this, but like if it was in the day of emojis, there would be like that one where the person's crying because they're laughing so hard. That's kind of the vibe. Herod died, good thing, bad guy, glad he's gone. I know that feels weird to you, but trust me. He hated God and tried to kill Jesus. It's cool. So behold, it says an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, hey, you should rise and take the child and, uh, and his mother and, and you should go back to the land of Israel for the people who sought the child's life are dead. And you know that this happened like just about the time when they were starting to figure things out in Egypt. Uh, as best as we can tell, it was a couple of years. And sometimes the path to God's peace includes the wisdom of returning home. There's this kind of cyclical nature where God said, all right, well, the storm's over. The, the guy's gone. The problem is solved. You can go on back now. Everything's going to be just fine. And I wonder what that day felt like. They might have thought they were going to spend the rest of their lives in Egypt. 
I don't know that much about it. People seem to like looking at the pyramids. Maybe it was pretty cool. I don't know. Like, good vibes? I don't know. So I, I went back to my thing, and I, I said to uh, the AI, I said, okay, now I want you to make it, like, way, 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 like the most Christmassy and peaceful house you can possibly imagine in Palatine, Illinois. I just, like, said, give me everything you got, and this is what it looked like. It's starting to get a little freaky to me now. It's like a little, like, you know those people, I don't know if you do this when you go look at Christmas lights, and you're like, I mean, everyone on their house must, everyone on the block must hate this person for, like, how many cars are driving by. You know what I'm talking I went to the Taylor Swift house. Did anybody see that in Naperville? It's all, anyways, it's, it's it was a bad decision. Uh, it was cool. It was cool, but I feel like I fell into the trap. The path to God's peace was the wisdom of returning home. I'm almost done. I want you to follow me through the finish line. Uh, this is for somebody this Christmas. Trying again is a really practical path to showing trust in God. Trying again is a really practical path to showing trust in God. You may have someone that you're going to see in the next couple days who you have written off a long time ago. And giving them a fresh chance to be the person they are today could be a really practical way to show trust in God. Getting involved at church again. uh, Meeting some new people. Saying, next year, I'm not going to spend it alone. I'm going to try to meet someone new. Sometimes, a really practical way of saying, I trust God, is by trying again. They had to go right back to the place where they were so hurt to begin with. This is what it says. So uh, this is the end of Matthew chapter 2. It says that he rose and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream. Joseph, really good dreams. My dreams are all confusing. Joseph's are really good. (laughs) He withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. The path to God's peace and promises, this last thing, sometimes requires uh, adjusted expectations of home. Sometimes the path to God's peace and his promises requires me to say, it's not going to look the way that I wanted it to look. It's not going to be the way that I wanted it to be. I, I, I had all these thoughts and I had all these ideas and I had all these hopes. And, and some of them have happened, but some of them home, uh, haven't. And it's just, it's not going to be the way that I wanted. We have to sometimes be willing to give in. So, so Joseph was hoping to go back, for whatever the reason, he was hoping to go back to Bethlehem, the area near Jerusalem. And he was like, well, that guy Herod, if he hated me, I don't know, his son, Probably pretty sketchy, too. So I'm just going to avoid the whole thing. I'm going over here to Nazareth. He didn't even get to go back to where he wanted to go after the thing was finished. So uh, I went back last time. And I said, all right, ChatGPT, uh, this, it's going to be Christmas Eve, and I need something interesting to keep the kids' attention during the sermon. And, uh, and so I said, okay, show me the most peaceful possible house. Like the most, the most, 
I said, take it to the exact most peaceful a house could possibly be in the universe at Christmas. And this is what it came back with. Kind of looks like hell to me. So the way that these... Uh, the way that these computers are trained is to take in all of the words and thoughts ever written down by all human beings everywhere and translate them back to us. What this says to me, you can leave the picture for just a second, thank you. What this says to me is that we think peaceful, if you take that all the way down, is the absence of problems, which is why this house ends up apparently like in Antarctica all by itself. Why? Because the human vision of peace is everything is clean and easy and calm. And you never get that if you have people. Because people are messy and people cause problems, and people are challenging, and you're all excited to bring your kids to church, and now you feel like you're going to choke them if they wriggle like one more time, and you're going to take every one of those presents back to the store if they don't get their act together, because people bring problems, but even with problems, we can have perfect peace. The perfect peace, as... Paul describes it as is described in the Bible is not there's no more stuff that I feel worried or frustrated about. It is a trust in God that says whatever I'm holding in my hands this Christmas, whatever broken pieces I have, whatever things I wish were different, whatever ways in which I think my life would have been in a different direction right now, I, here's what I know. I trust in God. Perfect peace is the realized reality of trusting in God. Saying, well, I guess my expectations for home are going to have to be adjusted. It's not going to be exactly the way. I wrote it down this way. Perfect peace is trust in God, not the absence of struggle. I trust you, God. I trust you. I, I, I know that we could, uh, they're going to come, we're going to sing Silent Night, and uh, we're going to light the candles, and we're going to uh, attempt not to build, burn the building down while we do it. That's the next things that we're going to do. So get that candle in your hand. But uh, I know we could go too far with this, but it says something to me. Listen. It says something to me that at the very first Christmas, God separated himself from his son. It says to me that our idea that's very American, if I can, that Christmas is about us and all of our people and all of our stuff in our affluence, that from the very first Christmas till 2023, there's people with all kinds of broken pieces all over the place, trusting in a God who loves them. So Jesus came as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. He became the son of God. And wherever you're gathered, if you're a kid or an adult, if you're excited about Christmas or not, wherever you find yourself, 
right this very moment, you can have that perfect peace. You don't have to have that heart racing anxiety every day for the rest of your life. You don't have to hold on to that bad thing that happened to you like it's because it happened in the past, it's gonna be who you are every day in the future. You don't have to wake up every day down and out because of the thing that happened over there. You don't have to. Perfect peace, last thing, is obedience without confirmation of why. All through the story you see it. God told Joseph to go to Egypt, so he goes to Egypt. God told Joseph to come back, so he comes back. Doesn't feel like it's gonna work over here, so he goes over here. So often we think that peace is waiting for a feeling to come upon us, when in actuality, perfect peace rushes upon the person who is obedient even when they don't know why. Even when they don't know why. So I want to just offer to you today, you can have perfect peace. Would you bow your head with me? I'm so thankful, Lord, today that your perfect peace came that first Christmas. thankful for who you are and what you've done and your kindness to us. Pray for every person struggling today that they could have and see that perfect peace. And I pray it in Jesus' name. If you agree, stand to your feet and say amen. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.